Welcome to the show, folks. This is the Gospel of Kennison. Hi, how you doing, folks? This is the Gospel of Kennison. I am your host. My name is James Kennison, and uh, this is the personal audio journal of me. It is brought to you the week of February 20th, 2019. I hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you fairly, though it rarely does. Speaking of things that aren't fair or aren't right or aren't uh, the way you want them to be, today's topic is 10 things that I would change, I guess, about the world or about my world. It's uh, some of them are stupid, some of them are silly, and some of them make sense. So let's start with the the first or the tenth thing. I, there's no particular order, but number ten, with all this talk about the wall, and do we need a wall or should we have a wall? Should we spend all this money on the wall? Should we have emergency, um, you know, states of emergency called so that we can build the wall? Um, here's my take on the whole thing. Why don't we focus on why all the illegals are coming in to the country? Because on, on my brain says people need to do things legally, okay, and, and, and correctly. But when I went over there for a missions trip years ago, and we were in the border town um, of Reynosa, and we saw the poverty and we saw the river and we saw people living in, in shacks cobbled together with spare parts and, and pieces of plywood and tin and cardboard. We saw kids with ailments that could easily be cured. And these folks live where they're looking over the river to America and you can barely make out the signs for a Whataburger or a McDonald's, or a gas station. How could you, as a parent, sit there day after day watching your kids get hungrier and hungrier and, and see those places over there where you could get a job, maybe, or get some food, maybe? How could you wait and try to do... I don't know. See, it, it's, it makes sense in my head in one way, but then in my heart, it doesn't make as much sense. So here's my solution to the problem is why are we so worried about the wall and, and having illegals in the country when we should be worried about why they're coming over here in the first place? Well, you know, the, the default thing would be, Oh, they're coming over for opportunities. Yeah. But why is their country so bad? Why don't we focus on that? So that's the thing I would change. I would change the Mexican government. Now, I am no government analyst. I know nothing about how much uh, that would take. All I know is we seem really interested in the governments of people um, that live halfway across the world, but we don't seem to care about helping people that are just south of us. Why don't we help them? Why don't we help their economy? Why don't we help them uh, vote in good people? so that they can make the changes they need to be a prosperous nation. Um, and people won't want to leave. Okay. That's, that's my 10 cents. That's where my, that's what my heart tells me. 
is that the rest of them aren't that serious. So <laughs> we got through that one. Because uh, the next thing I would change is the size of my garage. This is number nine. Um, my house is very thin. I want to say, you know, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 feet across. And then it's deep because we live in the city and it's, you know, these row type houses. So they're very thin, uh, but very long and very tall. So we've got two floors and the basement level. Um, and, and it's fine. There's, there's about a foot and a half, two feet on each side. That is our land before that we hit on one side before we hit a, another building. And then on the other side, before we hit the fence of the neighbor next door. Now I know all you country people are like, Oh, I can't let that close to somebody. My goodness. I couldn't handle that. Yeah. I, I know I used to be in the same boat, but you know, you, you do what you got to do. And uh, right now living in the city is what we got to do. So, uh, but, but the thing is, okay, they, they built the house about as wide as you would want it to be for the plot of land that it's on. So congratulations, builders, you did great. But the garage is about a foot and a half bigger than two cars. And I'm parking a truck on one side. We're parking a Kia Soul on the other. And there is hardly any room. And it's not a big deal. Like I said, these are things I would change in my world. But why not? Why didn't they go ahead and build the garage the full width of the property? Everybody else's is that way. Ours, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like trying to fit two blocks through one hole in a board, you know? It's like we have to uh, squeeze in and out every single time we want to park. And now I'm grateful to have a full garage, a closed-in garage, because the other alternative is something they call, um, uh, uh, oh, what do they call it? A garage port. And it's a garage on one side with a full wall and a, and a door facing the alleyway. And then it's open everywhere else so it's like a carport so they call it garage port i would i would call it a something different uh, i don't have anything it pops into my head but um yeah so it's a garage port and we don't have one of those we have a full closed in locked garage and i am thankful for that but there's no room when the cars are in there for anything Literally anything. Uh, I, I may have a, a, a two by four or something, you know, in the corner leaned up against the wall. And you say, well, James, why don't you just not park in the garage? Why don't you park on the street? Well, we live in the city and people break in your cars. And I and, and also we live in the Midwest where it snows and, and stuff. And it's so nice to be able to back out of the garage and have no ice or snow on your vehicle. It is amazing. And, you know, after being someone that's scraped ice and, and, you know, swept snow off windshields forever. No, it's great to use a garage for its intended purpose. Uh, and I realize this is a first world problem, but I, I am going to quit apologizing because I said just things I would change, not things that are killing me. These aren't things that are destroying my life and that I obsess about all the time. 
I just sat down with this idea and wrote out the first 10 things that came to my mind. And then the second one was changing the size of my garage. Would I move my you know location? Would I change my house uh, to, to better this? No, no. My house is great. The garage is, is the only problem, really. And, and that is, uh, that's saying a lot for somebody that grew up in a series of trailers. So, uh, I'm pretty happy. I'm, I'm easy. It's just, uh, it's just the size of the garage is just, it's ridiculously short. And they had, they had space, they had space, whatever, you know, it's done. I'm not spending a bunch of money like on HGTV and just be like, Oh, you know, our budget's $50,000 and we're just going to, you know, we're going to gouge out and tear down everything we've got and and just widen out this garage it'll be beautiful it's just a little curb appeal for the uh for the alleyway no not doing that all right so number eight the the next thing i would change is my dog's chewing habit we have a new dog her name is leia um she is a puppy and she's bad um she chews up everything um let me go through a short list of things that my dog has chewed up um, the first thing that comes to mind is the molding on the first floor, the base, you know, along the floor. She has chewed on every corner that I can find um, until she got this one little ridge off and just sanded it right down to a beautiful finish for us, whether we asked her to or not. Um, I got my kids a, a little Chromebook laptop, a little cheapy thing, uh, so they could do homework on it. And uh, it was plugged in on the side of the island in the kitchen. And they chew, she chewed through the cord. I don't know how she did it. It's a USB um, 3.0 or whatever. The, 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 the little circular one that you can put in any way you want, which is amazing. Um, she chewed through this power cord. I don't know how she didn't kill herself. Maybe she did give herself a good shock. I, I kind of hope so. Uh, but it didn't didn't kill her, but she chewed right through it. And then she's not even allowed in my office, but I have this, you know, entry-level surround sound s- system for my computer. So it's basically four speakers and a subwoofer and a center speaker. And it's fun, you know, for video games and stuff to hear stuff behind you. But um, my wife's in here talking to me one day, and we're talking about chewing. We're talking about the dog's problem. And she looks down and holds up one of the cables for one of my satellite speakers, and it's just chewed right the way through. I don't even know when she was in here or how she would have gotten there. We have a basket in the living room that holds uh, fleece blankets, you know, for when people want to be warm on the couch during the winter months. And uh, she loves to chew on this basket and just leave pieces of basket everywhere across the floor. And uh, it doesn't matter how many times she's reprimanded or, or punished, she will return to that basket and chew and chew and chew. I don't know how it's still in one piece. It's a big, thick, woven rope style we got it from like i think hobby lobby or something you know one of those kind of things uh so it's pretty pretty tough if it had a brand name i would tell you about it because it's puppy proof even though she's not off a bunch of it um 
What else? What else? What else? Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is, she's terrible. And her chewing is going to be going on, from what my wife says, for at least the first year of her life. And we've only had her for a few months. So <clears throat> it's not going to be ending anytime soon. So yeah, that was that would be the thing I would change. She's doing fairly well with going outside. Every now and then she'll have an accident in the house like they do. And we correct her and, you know, she's learning. Um, but I have to crate her, you know, during the day. Like right now, she's up there in a crate, probably hating life. But it's her own dang fault because she'll chew on stuff. Can't trust her. And, and I don't even know. You say, well, James, you need to close doors and you need to go around and pick up everything. I can't predict all of the things that this dumb dog this creative little dog will come up with to chew on. Like I never would have thought she would chew through a cable uh, on a laptop. I never thought she would come in my office. The one I'm in almost all the time and somehow get around back and chew through a cable. I, there's no way it's like trying to keep crayons out of a toddler's hand. They will find a crayon if there's not even one in the house and they will color on something they're not supposed to. My daughter's birth certificate has scribbles on it from my son with a crayon from when he was a baby. It happens. And, and these little puppies are no different. They will find something, a pencil, a pen. Um, they, will, they will materialize things magically. I, I think I call her a magic trick half the time anyway because of that. But anyway, number eight, I would change her chewing habit. Number seven, I would change my weight. Now, here's the deal. It's, it's, my weight is, is obese, okay? I'm not the fattest guy in the world, but I'm definitely not the skinniest. I wear 3X shirts now. I finally, you know, upgraded from 2X to 3X. Uh, you know, now, you know, I, I, it's harder to find nice shirts. You pretty much wear T-shirts all the time. And it's a shame. It's a darn shame. Um, I'd love to blame a lot of things like my medications and blah, blah, blah. But I eat a lot. And uh, I don't eat a ton. I don't feel like I eat as much as my weight is. Because uh, I've seen people that I look at and I'm like, good Lord. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, the other day I was um, I was out to eat and, and a friend got a certain um, meal that had extra sauces and extra things on it. I, I did not. I chose to get just the plain version. Um, and that's kind of how I make decisions. I, I still eat. You know, you have to eat. Um, but anyway, I, I'm just a fat guy, and I would change it. I, I don't want to diet, though. I've dieted. I've even made it down to a goal weight back in my 20s. And I was thin for a while. Um, I think genetics is hurting me quite a bit. I think my eating habits hurt quite a bit. I don't know that it's how much I eat. Maybe it's what I eat. Um, but I don't want to starve. And and my daughter asked me the other day. She said, she, James, she doesn't call me James. She said, Dad, is dieting hard? And and she asked because she's been watching This Is Us, and apparently there's a character on there that that's a large lady, and she's tried to lose weight and all this. And I said, yes, it is, honey. 
it's for me, it's like starving all the time. And she goes, dang. And, and that's really what it is. You know, everybody would be thin if it was easy. And the one thing I can't stand is skinny people who are naturally skinny. And you know, the kind I'm talking about, they can eat anything. Um, my, my father-in-law is like this, this man will out eat me every meal. Um, and he's skinny as a rail and always will be. Uh, so there are people that are genetically predisposed to either being thinner or bigger. And, you know, my father was big. My mother was big. It, it, it just happens. Um, but, but I'm, I'm claiming responsibility for it, but I would still change it if I could. And, and you say, well, James, you can't. And, and, and it's a goal. I, I would like to be thinner. Um, I'm, I'm, oh, what's the truth here? The truth is I don't want to diet. I don't want to starve to death or feel like it. Cause when you're dieting, you feel, you think about food all the time. You obsess over it and it's so uncomfortable and so painful. Um, I would, what I would rather do is find a way to exercise. And I know exercise alone won't do it, but find something that I enjoy doing exercise wise. Um, maybe walking or, or, uh, you know, skipping frolicking. I don't know. Whatever burn frolicking burns more calories, I think than skipping. Um, but just dancing around the neighborhood in a tutu, you know, maybe that, maybe I enjoy that. And, um, and then just changing what I eat and, um, maybe doing that slowly over time and forcing myself to eat things that I hate. <laughs> it, there just seems to be no good solution for this. And, and you large people that listen to this show, if you're a larger person, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody would prefer to be thinner. Um, it's, un, it's, it's uncomfortable. I don't like being big. Um, but if I could snap my fingers and be thin, oh Lord, that's, that's the kind of thing. That's the reason why I'm talking about this. That would be great. It's like Spanish. I want to know how to speak Spanish, but I don't want to learn how to speak Spanish. I just want to know how to speak Spanish. I just want the matrix to tap into the port on the back of my head. And I'll be like, I know Spanish. And I want weight gain or weight loss to be the same way. I just want it to be overnight. I wake up and wow. Wow, this shirt is gigantic. I ain't got nothing to wear. That would be a good problem to have. Number six is my wife's office situation, okay? She works as a manager, and that means she has a job where she does a lot of work with people, but also um, it re it's a job that really requires uh, some private space to be able to make phone calls, to be able to think she has a she has a job that you couldn't listen to podcasts while you're doing it is what I'm saying. Um, there's some jobs you can like if you mow lawns all day, podcasts are custom made for you. I knew a guy he was really into my show back uh, a few years ago, and he he did floors. He was a steam vac cleaner guy, and that's what he did. My wife doesn't have a job like that though. She has to sit and she has to think. And her office 
has decided to do away with individual offices and they have a co-working space where it's just a big long series of tables and everybody sits and they work there's not even cubes cubicles you know it's just these open spaces so if you're on the phone you got to hear everybody else talking and everybody has to hear you talking and the problem that she deals with primarily is there are people on that same floor one desk over they have a job where they can uh, do their job and hold a conversation at the same time. I don't know exactly what they do, but there's a lot of co- private or uh, personal um, uh, social conversations going on uh, not too far from her. So I bought her some really nice noise isolating headphones, but there is this one woman that works behind my wife that has one of those voices that carries you know what i'm talking about like growing up there was always a kid in my class one kid and sometimes it was a girl sometimes it was a boy but i seem to remember it it being a, a girl where her voice when she spoke it just grabbed the room you know and filled the room and uh maybe maybe her voice just found the sympathetic harmony or the vibrations of the room or someone i don't know but one of those women live work behind my wife and and so the 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 noise canceling headphones don't knock out her voice and my wife works really hard she has a not a difficult job but a a challenging job and i i think she deserves a place i know she does she deserves just a little room doesn't have to be anything fancy no corner office. We're not asking for anything like that, but just a place that she could go and work um, without having to blast music into her head the whole time. Um, everybody does it. Everybody's got headphones in except for this one group who can just talk all day and have a great old time. So she's not the only one in her predicament. And I've asked her, you know, all the normal questions. Can you get something changed? Can you do this? Can you do that? No, they just converted to this right before I started, she'll say. There's no way they're going back. And if they gave me an office, they'd have to give so-and-so an office. And there's all this politics. And the the, the CEO doesn't like uh, problems and blah, blah, blah. And so there's just no seemingly no solution for this. I pray for my wife. And when I pray, I pray about her office situation because it's a perfect job for her except for this one thing. And again, it might be a first world problem thing. At least she has a well-paying job and she can take care of us and blah, 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 blah. But it's like if somebody's working that hard and doing that good of a job, I as the spouse want her to have the best tools that she can have, you know, um, it's like when I bought an art tablet, I didn't buy an off-brand tablet. I saved my money until I could get a Wacom tablet. And then I saved my money until I could get a display tablet. Um, and it took years. But I wanted the best tools to do my best work. And I think she deserves the same. And so an office is is something I would change. I would I would make an office. She even at one point a closet opened up. It reminds me of something from, uh, from, from the office or, or not the office, the, uh, Incredibles when he had that tiny, tiny, tiny little cubicle with that big pillar inside of it. But there was something like that. And she was going to ask if she could move in there, 
but it wasn't fire coated for for human habitation only brooms and mops and dust pans and stuff and so that that was shot down but anyway that's one of the things i would change for her is is because she deserves everything she is the greatest and she deserves so much um number five is jenna's high school i would i would have it to where it is not shutting down um, we got called into a town hall meeting at our school and it was announced that though next year there will be normal classes the following year the school is shutting down and a new group of people is, are coming in with a high school and using the space. And so on one hand, they're trying to tell us that nothing's going to change. But on the other hand, they're telling us everything is changing. But you just shouldn't really think about that. Just think about the fact that there's still going to be a high school here. And um, I wish them the best. I really do. But I don't see... The, the people that I saw that were representing the new group coming in, um, they don't have any money. There was a lot of faith talk. Do you know what I mean by faith talk where they talk about the Lord's going to fill in this blank and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. I get a little worried when I hear too much of that. I like hearing, you know, hey, we've been working here and doing this and we've raised this much money <clears throat> and we've talked to these people and the Lord has blessed us. And he is multiplying and this, that, that kind of faith talk I can handle. But when you got no money and you're just talking about how, how much money you, you think the Lord's going to bring in, um, that worries me. And it, and it worries me enough to where I don't want my daughter to be a part of it. And even though she's going to be, um, I mean, this is like a big thing. Like last night I couldn't even sleep because of this, but my daughter is, I guess you could say um, that she's very important to me as in, in a, not as important to me as my wife. My wife is number one, but Jen is very close. And I believe about her the same way I believe about my wife. She deserves the best because she's smart. She's cute as all get out. And she, she um, always does her best work and she deserves the best that I can provide for her. And I cannot, leave her in this school because I can kind of predict the future. Um, I heard that none of the teachers at the high school have a guaranteed job at the new high school that's in the same place. Um, and so if you're that one of those high school teachers, what are you going to be doing next year? You're going to be looking for a new job and you might leave. I just predict that by the end of next year, the high school is going to be defunct anyway. And I don't want to put my daughter through that. Going down with the ship always sounds like a great and brave kind of thing, but I've done it and it stinks because it's a slow, slow descent and things along the, the way. It's not just the icy cold water at the end. It's, it's just a horrible journey all the way down to its final resting place when a, when a, uh, uh, an entity like that, you know, just kind of winds down. It, it's not good. It's not fun. And there's no glory in it at all. And I want her to have a good high school. Now, the problem is, Jay, you're probably saying, well, why don't you just put her in another school? Well, we live in the city, the city of St. Louis. The St. Louis has crappy schools, just bottom line. They have some better than crappy schools, 
They're magnet schools, you know, things like that. They're, there's private schools. Matter of fact, there's more private schools than public schools, if that tells you anything. Unfortunately, they're all, most of them are Catholic schools um, that only have all boys or all girls. And just for me and my wife, that is not something uh, that we want to do. We believe, uh, <laughs> personally, we be we just believe that you put a bunch of girls together in the same place. And I know the original intention was probably just to keep them separated from boys, but you put a bunch of girls together in the same place, and a there's a lot of mean things that can happen. Okay? You've seen the movie Mean Girls. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Girls are not always very nice to each other. And, um, and then secondly, in today's day and age, having a group of all girls is not any better or safer, uh, than having co-ed. Um, so we're, we're just not, we, we would want something different for her. Um, so we've looked at the public schools, the magnet schools, all of them, you're just going to have to listen to me dump on this. All of them are full. Um, they just told us this in January that we were going to be without a school, you know, in the coming years. Uh, but apparently there's a lottery for the good schools every October. I think it starts in October anyway. So we've missed the boat. There are no spaces. I've gone and visited the schools. I've talked to the people. There's a Lutheran school that that's a little ways away. That's uh, supposedly a Christian school. I don't know how Christian it really is. Sometimes these big schools kind of lose their Christianity along the way. It just becomes part of the system and not really part of their hearts. I, you know, nothing against Lutherans. I'm just saying Christian schools in general, Catholic schools in general, uh, just tend to start off with really great intentions. But the longer they last, the less jesus there is and the more ritual and routine there is if you know what i mean and so there's a lot of concern we're thinking about moving we're thinking about moving to the county so that we can go to another school uh but before we do that we're gonna go and visit a bunch of high schools so last night i made up my own little data sheet on all these high schools that we want to go visit and check out and see if they are even worth moving for so uh, if there was something I could change, it would be simply the, the easiest thing would be if her school wouldn't shut down because uh, we were going to just leave her there and she was going to be fine. She'd be with her friends. She would be so, with some good teachers. It's not the biggest school. They don't have a lot of clubs and stuff, but they had sports and things and it was going to be nice. Uh, but I, I love my daughter too much to have her be a part of, a, of a, an experiment. And that's ultimately what the new school is going to be. They want a lot of things. They've talked a lot of things. And I wish them the best. But it's it's just too much for me. Too many, too much faith talk and too many unanswered questions uh, at this point for me to trust my daughter's high school career to, to them, to folks I don't even know. So uh, I don't know. If you're a praying person and you were going to pray for anything, um, pray about this because <laughs> it's like the most urgent thing. Uh, number four, I would change my depression. I, I, I'm doing better than I've ever done. Um, well, not ever, but than I've done since depression started. Um, the other night I was laying in bed and I was having trouble sleeping and, um, 
it took me a good 15 minutes to realize I was having a panic attack because my, all my muscles were tensed up and my chest felt a little bit tight and my teeth were clenched and I, and I tried to relax and kept finding myself just kind of seized up. And I'm like, you know what this is? This is a panic attack. This is what passes for a panic attack these days. That's actually kind of cool. Um, it was still uncomfortable and it still kept me awake and it did pass and it lasted, you know, about 20 minutes or whatever, but it wasn't this big, horrid, painful, life shattering experience. And, um, that gives me hope. Gives me a lot of hope. I still have limited energy. I, and I know we all do, but, um, I, I, I wish I had more. I wish I had more energy. I'm doing more than I've ever done before. I'm, I'm doing videos for YouTube uh, where I'm animating some of the old classic stories from nobody's listening days. Uh, those are, those are very much appreciated by my uh, viewers. Um, I, I'm doing podcasting with my, you know, not only this one, but that story show. And then the new one, uh, red school bus with my daughter at rsbcast.com. So I'm doing a lot of creative stuff. Um, but I still feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And, uh, part of that just may be the season that I'm in right now. Uh, but I feel like, uh, you know, and I just had a major surgery not too long ago. So I got to give myself some, some credit or some time to heal up, but all in all, I'm just ready to be done with this. And it may be something I deal with my whole life. I don't know. But um, I wish I had more to do. I, w I wish I had a way to make money. All right. Podcasting brings in a bit. And, and honestly, let me just say it this way. Podcasting brings in a ton of money. And and I don't mean thousands. I It's, it's in the hundreds. Um, but when you compare it to a job at McDonald's, you know, it doesn't bring in that much money. You get what I'm saying? I, I love, I'm not belittling what the podcasts make. I think it's huge. There are people that are podcasters that would kill to have uh, the longevity and the, the, the um, support that we have. Um, so I'm very, very, very grateful for it. But does it pay the bills? No. I mean, it pays for the podcast. It pays for that kind of stuff. But is it is it enough, for instance, to send my daughter to the Lutheran school at $13,000 a year? The answer to that is no. Um, I would love to have a job um, that wouldn't be a demeaning job. So it would have to be something in ministry. It would have to be something that I've, I've uh, that I've done before and you know that, that uses my gifts and talents. Like I don't want to work at a McDonald's. No offense. I just, I don't think I could live. <laughs> just, I know that sounds terrible. If you work at McDonald's, I apologize. But um, I, I, I need just the way my brain works and the way my heart works. I would need something that would be within my skill set. I don't know. It'd be like asking my wife. She's an accountant. She's gone to school. She's done all this stuff. And then having her quit and go work at McDonald's. It would be a tough, tough thing. I could physically do it, but it would it destroy me emotionally, I think, um, because I already feel bad enough about myself. I, I, it would just be bad. So service industry is not really my thing, even though I could get a job like that in an inst instant. 
and and working you know like at a t-shirt shop doing artwork you know could work um i've thought about it but but i'm really kind of waiting for this year just to see how it's going to play out our building's almost done with the ministry that i volunteer with my friend david is going to pastor and um we've been you know working together to get this building done and and i'm just kind of waiting to see what happens there um not that i'm expecting to be paid but i just want a job even if even if there was uh no money involved uh as long as it was ministry and i was helping people i think i could hold my head a little higher and i think depression would be held at bay a little bit more i don't know we'll see i'll keep you updated just keep keep being subscribed and and listening to my blathering blather um number three i would change my childhood now this is a woe is me moment but um my childhood has tons of funny stories and all this kind of stuff but the reason why it does is because there was a lot of, of bad stuff. I mean, you you know, because you've listened and nobody's listening in that story show. You've heard about the best Christmas ever and my best birthday ever. And, and, and you know, it was just rough. It was rough. There was a lot of dogs involved. Um, <laughs> you heard about my dog stories uh, the other episode. Um, there was, a, a, you know, two divorces before I even got out of high school. My real dad died, even though I didn't know him when I was in 11th grade. My grandmother passed and just, you know, my mom kind of became a a hoarder kind of person. Um, You know, life, life was rough. Uh, Stepdad was mean to me, made fun of me, worshiped his own two kids, but, you know, called me a sissy and all this stuff. Just not, not fun. And it's stuff that I still deal with today. And, uh. I, I wish things were different. I wish I was a different person and I would change my childhood if I could. On the other hand, you know, the, the right thing to say would be, I wouldn't change anything because it got me where I am today. And, and in a very real sense, I could say that because I love my children. I love my wife. I love the life um, that I have as flawed as, as my part of it is. Uh, I wouldn't, I, in that way, I wouldn't change anything. And, and I will say that I do get to now raise my kids the way I wish I had been raised. And it is so nice um, to treat my kids uh, properly because my son is a lot like I was when I was that age. And instead of calling him a sissy because he doesn't uh, enjoy just by default going out and getting dirty and 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 uh doesn't throw footballs around and doesn't talk about wrestling and he's just not that kind of kid. Um, we put him in basketball and he's having a blast and, and he draws and he's creative and he loves stuffed animals. And you know what? That's okay. And we celebrate him. I do. And I love him. And, and he asks questions constantly. Oh my gosh. So many questions. It drives my wife crazy, but I love answering them. You know why? Because I remember what it was like on the other end, having all these questions and looking up to a stepdad who um, was more than happy to answer my questions until he married my mom. And then, you know, all bets were off after that. So if it took my kind of childhood to turn me into the kind of husband and dad that I am now, then let me take this off the list as number three, the, my childhood. Um, but, you know, if, if I could have, I would have had a better it would have been nice, but you can't pick. 
your first family, but you can pick your second family. So remember that, folks. Can't pick your first family, but you can pick every stinking detail about the next one. Um, you know, you marry the right person, you you have the kids, and and you raise them right, teach them right from wrong, and and they're a pleasure to live with. And the crazy part is, I've only got four more years with my oldest. I got seven with my youngest, but only four more years, and she's gone. And and to me, she's still that six month old that was sliding down a, a cardboard slide I made for her out of a box and her first little roller coaster where she would kick off for, for all by herself and slide down and laugh the whole way down and just so, so brave and so, uh, so cute and, and, and independent. And she's still all that. Um, and then, but anyway, that's a whole different thing. Four years. Oh, all right. Number two, uh, I would change the way vegetables taste. Okay. This is in the fantasy realm, but why is it as a fat man? Why is it? I, I just, I've always had this question. Why is it that all the stuff that is good for you tastes horrible? Why is that? Is that part of the fall? You know, did we have this, this tree of life that was just, you know, so good for you. And it, it tasted so great. It tasted like oranges and cherries and it tasted like peanut butter somehow, but it wasn't gross and chocolate. And, and it was just no calories and, or, you know, just enough. And, and it was just amazing. And the fruits of the garden were just these delectable things that were so great. And there was no celery and no tomatoes and no, um, okra and, and stuff like that but then we ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil and all of a sudden all this crap started blossoming out of the ground like rutabagas and beets and peppers and onions and all this stuff i i, I kind of think that must have been part of it because and, and then all the good stuff all the stuff that tastes good is all of a sudden bad for you it makes you fat I mean, heck, I'd eat vegetables all the time if I didn't hate them. They're so gross. I don't care how they cook them or if they're raw or whatever. It's nasty. And and I hate that. I hate that, that the only things that are any good are a ham sandwich, you know, and meat and peanut butter and jelly and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I Maybe, maybe... Uh, Maybe you know a way to make vegetables taste good. But the only way I've ever been able to handle vegetables is when it's boiled in a pot with a bunch of other vegetables and it sits overnight and it's the best vegetable soup in the world. But I think, I don't know for sure, but I think that means you've boiled all the good stuff out of it. You know, that's what I've heard. And so that's probably why they taste, it tastes good. It's because all the gross stuff is gone. I don't know. So the number one thing I would change, it's not really the number one, like the biggest thing. Cause my daughter's thing would be that I, I know I've already said it. It was number four, but number one would be my depression again. Um, just on a broader scale. I wish it never happened, 
because so much has gone down in our lives because of this. And I can't help but blame myself um, for all the problems and the struggles that my wife's had to go through, um, you know, that, that my kids have had to go through, the schools that they've had to go to, um, the jobs, you know, the job that I lost and, and gave up, rather. It, it just hasn't been fun. Somebody asked me a while back, and, and then I'm not dissing them at all because it was a great idea they said why don't you do a gok about the funny parts of your depression you know some funny stories and try to make something funny out of it and i and i literally did sit down and think about that because you know that would be great to be able to bring something beautiful from the ashes you know that kind of concept but i couldn't think of one funny thing because it hasn't been fun. It hasn't been funny. It's been devastating. And I look forward to the day that maybe I can laugh about some of it. But, you know, my depression was very severe, very painful, very destructive. It separated me emotionally from my family, and, and it took me out of the ministry that I loved and the things that I was good at. And maybe one day I can look back on this time and say, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. But for right now, I would change that. I would change not just the present. That, that was what number four was about. It was about my depression and how it affects me now. Number one is about the depression from the beginning. The whole thing. Um, I inherited it. I mean, I was genetically predisposed to dealing with it. It was coming from the day I was born, it was on its way. Uh, wasn't cursed with it. God didn't do it to me. I didn't have hidden sin. Wasn't something wrong spiritually. Not any more wrong than anybody else uh, to where I deserved this. It just happened. And it was horrible. And we're still, we're still living through the tail end of the repercussions of that depression. I mean, we're here because I lost a job in Florida and we're here because in Florida, that was, we were surrounded by people that wouldn't talk to us anymore because we had failed, uh, in their eyes. And, and we were disgraced somehow because of what we, you know, because I had quit my job and we moved here because there was acceptance and love. And, and there was a community of people that we had known from before the depression that knew us and knew our value and would love us unconditionally. And we're here waiting to help and serve and, and spread some of that love through ministry. And I think it's a key time. I really do. I feel like that's why high school is becoming such a big hairy deal. And, 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 and us moving possibly, we wouldn't move away from St. Louis. We just moved to the county. It'd be 15 minutes out or something like that. But, but it would it would take us out of the city that we're supposed to be ministering in. Um, it's not what we want. It's but but it's it's what we're willing to do to make sure our daughter has a safe, and and um, productive high school career. And and there's other things. You know, there's so many other things, you know, friends that we've lost or that have, have cut us off and, and, 
you know, my wife working and, and having to carry the load of our finances, even though thank God she's well-paid and has a great job and, and just, just, she's just a trooper. She's just the best. There's been so many problems associated with my depression that I, I wish I could have just shut it off way back then. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. Life has been, um, hard, but I can say that in the big picture, I've learned a lot of things and ultimately I'm not to the point yet where I can say I wouldn't have changed a thing because we're still on that journey. We're not quite there yet. So this one's going to have to just kind of trail off and you'll have to listen to the future podcast to find out where we end up because as, as recent as April or March, we're going to open the building and, and possibly start a congregation people that, that are going to need the hope and the love and the, the, the peace that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. And maybe, I don't know, you know the way God is. He, he works things out for the good of those who uh, love him and are called according to his purpose. And I believe I fall in that category. Um, and if there's some way that I could help people with depression or just make them feel normal, you know, somehow, if I could influence people to not, commit suicide or to, to realize that it's a temporary thing, even though it feels like it's never going to leave. Um, then that's, that would be worth it. You know, that would make all this, that would make me look back and say, I'm, I wouldn't change a thing. And, and maybe that's why life's a little rocky right now. Maybe that's why my, my depression is, is a little kicked up and why my daughter's high school stuff is getting to me so bad. Um, because maybe we're on the, the cusp of, of something um, life-changing. And um, maybe we're not. But one way or the other, we'll find out, and I'll let you know as it happens, right here on the Gospel of Kennison. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. This one's kind of a ramble one, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, as always, you can send it to james at nlcast.com. Hit me up on Facebook or join our Discord server. You can find out more at gokcast.com. If you want to listen to other shows like this one, well, some of them, the, the other ones are funny. So uh, that story show and um, Red School Bus and an archive of all of the podcasts I've ever done can be found at nlcast.com. Nobody's listening cast nlcast.com. That would be great. Check it out. And, and also check out my YouTube stuff. YouTube. It's just uh, that story show. Just look that up and you'll find it. The latest one I did was called basement ghost man. I'm very proud of it. It took me forever. Um, it's not fully animated, but it's close. Daggum it. There's a lot of, a lot of drawings in that thing. 
Um, so till next time, uh, we'll see you right here on the GOK. Peace.